Hello and welcome to the long-awaited return of Shoot the Defences European Review. I'm your host Dan, a lot of you also know me as Double D. And of course, for our return, I have my two regular co-hosts with me. First, we have our own impressionist, man like Yannick Isjay. Yeah, how are you, my brother? Good, Good evening. evening, my friend. Good evening, coach. Good evening. How are we doing? Wonderful. Wonderful. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's, it's, it's been a while. We, we shouldn't have left them without a dope beat to step to, but we're back. We're back, man. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> we're, we're here for good, right? Yeah, of course, man. We here, man. Pinky <laughs> promise on that. <laughs> Hey, listen, you're not you're not at the top of the league. I just wish the league finished now. Oh God! And, <laughs> and talking of Man United, because even though this is a European pod, they always worm their way into this because I do it with two red devils, right? That's right. Um, our other red devil, our own coach. He's not in Spain anymore. He's back here in the UK. Our own coach from free midfield. How you doing, my brother? Um, I'm good, man. I'm feeling as good as Pogba did on Saturday. If you get my drift. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was flowing credit credit their forces and that he was doing his thing. Come on. But I've missed yeah, this, man. I've missed this. Yeah, of course. This is our this is our bag here, man, because we do on, on our on our own platforms when we're not working for um, shoot to defence, we're doing Premier League every week. This is the this is the bit of escapism, you know. But we back. We had what was basically a season off. We back. We back. Right. So only one place to get started. And um that is in France's Liga. PSG have welcomed to I believe is the greatest player of all time, Lionel Messi. I don't know about you guys. But um now before we get to PSG's home win, 4-2 home win over Strasbourg, we have to look into Barcelona's issues that saw Messi have to depart to come to PSG in the first place. Jan, before mm-hmm. we go into PSG and the Messi signing, yeah. are, the final, are the financial issues at Barcelona the start of them temporarily not being a superpower anymore? And then after that, I want you to, to let me know whether or not you think PSG signing Messi guarantees the Champions League for them this season. Um. Well, with Barcelona, first of all, um, they're on the decline. They've been for years now. Um, it looks like the, you know, whoever like kind of runs the club, the presidents, etc. They haven't been running that club for a while uh, properly now. Um, I think I was reading the other day. I think they're one point five billion in debt. Um, Goodness me. Yeah, which is absolutely scandalous. I mean, if you're going to believe it or not, it looked like Messi's contract was kind of bleeding the club dry. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to have a player of that calibre, yeah, I kind of see you paying the wages to keep him. But at the end of the day, Messi's not bigger than Barcelona. So you've got to look after Barcelona first. Um, if you look at the signings that Barcelona are making, they're all free transfers because they can't really buy anybody. Yeah. Which, again, that, that says it all. And they're looking to offload the kind of highest kind of paid players at the club. So... Yeah, it's going to be a transition time for them. I mean, Laporta's just 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 coming again after uh, Bertamar, who kind of literally, you know, 
destroyed the club and Messi had these issues, of course, from last season where he wanted to leave. Even the Messi contract was bizarre because they came out and said, yeah, he's staying and then he wasn't and then La Liga didn't approve it. That's a lot of rubbish. Basically, Barcelona simply could not afford Messi. They couldn't keep him. That, that's the truth. Now, the only way Messi would have stayed at Barcelona, of course, if, if he played for free or, or for peanuts. And, you know, that didn't happen and, and PSG came in and, and, and I've taken him. Now, Kind of the answer to your second question. Nothing's guaranteed in football. Um, yeah. And Messi going to Bar- uh, to PSG. Yeah, they'll they'll make him stronger, of course. PSG's objective has always been since the since the honours of coming to win the Champions League, a bit like Man City. Um, but you've got to get the right balance. I mean, if we all remember the Galacticos at Real Madrid, they didn't win the Champions League, did they? Yeah, yeah, two thousand two. They what they um. Was it two thousand and two? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, um, yeah, but uh, we Ronaldo, Figo, they win it. I don't think, yeah, Figo, yeah, Figo was there, but yeah, no, not when Beckham was there, yeah, you're you're right, yeah, the superstars, yeah. So, you might have the greatest kind of players in in a team, but you've got to get the balance right now. You know, touching on, you know, Kipembe is is the um, is the captain of PSG now with Ramos and Marquinhos, will he even start exactly? You know, you've got you've got players like Di Maria, Icardi. You've got Draxler, Sarabia. These these players might not even get into the into the bench, really. Like, <laughs> you know, with 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 the way the squad looks at the moment, I don't exactly. even know if, if my boy Paredes is going to be starting. And I think he's a great player. Yeah. Um, there's so many options there, but yeah. you can only put eleven men on the pitch. So, um, boy, Hakimi for me is a great signing. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. Yeah, I, I rate him. I think, I think he's a top player. But, again, <laughs> will the three boys up front do the donkey work? Now, their off-the-ball kind of work rate is it's not the greatest. Now, yeah, going forward, they'll, they'll destroy anything, naturally. But, like I said, in, in football, you have to get the balance right. And it, time will tell. Time will tell. Will Mbappe go to Real Madrid? Will it be, will it be now? Will it be next season? That's another question. Will Pochettino have to change his formation to try and keep most of the players happy? It, it's going to be interesting. I mean, they're going to walk um, Liga. I mean, the fact that we're starting with Liga, it kind of says the whole whole thing now that, you know, kind of PSG are kind of the, the power horse of, of Europe now with, with the signings that they've made. I mean, yeah. they've even got Wilnardum, another brilliant signing. Yep. Where will he fit in, in in midfield? You've got Under Herrera, like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. You've got Verratti. You've got Paredes. You've got Rafinha in there. Mm-hmm. They've got so many options. It's, it's, it's unreal. They're it's, loaded. It's going to be interesting. They're loaded. One or two will go on loan or um, probably be... Yeah, or some or will be sold. To be honest, they keep on loading out Rafinha. Um, I yeah. can't see him... Still being the never there's still time in the window. We'll see how it goes. Right. So now to you, coach. Um, you're obviously, I'm sure, we have a lot to say in regards to tactically how um, PSG are going to uh, be this season. That's that's your sport. That's your bag. Um, being a coach, but in regards to um, before you get into your say on that, in regards to the game on <laughs> the game on Saturday. Is it a case where, though obviously the new signings weren't playing in, with the likes of um, Messi and Donnarumma and Ramos, 
it was just Hakimi and Ronaldo with the new boys that started. Did you already see that if anyone's going to beat PSG this season, it will be them beating themselves? Because this game, they looked like they were coasting at 3 0 in the 4 2 minute for Strasbourg. Then they switched off and Strasbourg looked like they were going to make it 3 3 more likely until questionable decision the manager taking Gomera off but then obviously Saravia came off the bench to make it 4-2 is this a case where they can just be too blasé with it and switch off complacency that's the word I'm looking for or is it a case that it would just be a formality when the likes of Messi and Donnarumma and Ramos are in the team that are just going to steamroll the league like everyone expects them to do every season I think um Firstly, their issue is when they're comfortable in their game, they think it's done. As in, it's game over, nothing to worry about, no stress, no foul. They were 3 0 up at half time and they conceded two goals in 13 minutes, and suddenly their heads were very, very hot. And you're right, when Gamero came off, which was a, which is actually very baffling as to, I should understand why he came <laughs> off. Um, because what he scored, uh, I think roughly about maybe eight minutes or so into the second half. Yeah, after having a good chance before that as well. Exactly. So he's a danger man, and then he comes off the pitch. I can't, I can't make sense of it. And I, it, there's very few defenders, uh, strikers. I talk about a lot of crud on. Listen, Majid Waris. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I'd ra- I'd not, I'd rather not. I'd rather not. Oh, brother. <laughs> yeah. he, he's he's like um, Jordan Ayew. When it comes to Ghana, I don't mention his name. Um, so you know you've got that. But no, look, I think when when they get those players in, the first thing, as um, Jan said, is is balance. Balance is the biggest thing in football. When you have a balanced team, because they have an abundance of talent right now, they've got two fantastic goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. They've signed Sergio Ramos to add to that defence. Me, personally, I'll be starting here, man, Marquinhos, when Marquinhos is fit. I don't want to hear about Kim Pembe's name. But, <laughs> um, but then, at the same time, in this era of football where wing, right wing back or left wing backs struggle to make a small change to become a right back or a left back because they don't have that extra protection of an extra body in defence... Hakimi at right as a right back solely, it could be a problem. He's still yeah. so good going forward, and he'll have that license to go forward. But we know what PSG want, you know what they're craving. League uh, they can win that time and time again. They'll probably win it back this year. That's all good and well, but it's the Champions League that they want, and you can be easy exposed in that competition. So I'm not sure about that. Um, I do want to give a shout out to that young kid, um, Mbimbe. Mbimbe, yeah. good performance. Good young talent, plays on the right side of a three man midfield. I think he's a winger, actually, but he played well pretty much in the middle, played a good role. Yeah, yeah, yeah cutting into his left foot. He did he did, he did well though. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think I think he, I think they I think they did well. I think the the biggest thing for them is the balance. But look, I think if you're talking about tactically as well, I genuinely don't know what the best formation for them is yet. I've been thinking about it. I don't know which angle to come from with this team because I don't want to say go to a five to benefit Hakimi. That's one man. Yeah. At the same time, when you've got Messi, Neymar and possibly Mbappe, if any rumour is true about him leaving, if he stays, you've got him. You've still got Icardi. You've got Julian Draxler. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what angle they're going to try and come back from and uh, come from in this sort of tactical game. But, for Pochettino, the one thing I'll say is, I think at Spurs, 
whatever team he had, it was sort of predictable, the lineup. When everyone's fit, you know yeah. what it's going for. With this and with this abundance of talent that you have and so many players in so many positions, you need to be able to rotate. That's as simple as it gets. If, haven't they got um, Sergio Rico? That's another goalkeeper, isn't it? Yep. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> they have a bag yeah. of... They have a bag <laughs> of... Sabinia, Danilo came off the bench. Sarabia yeah. came off the bench. Winga um, <laughs> came off the bench. Uh, it's actually baffling. They've got so much talent. So you've got to use this wall. You've got to rotate wall. You've got to... Uh, be tactically flexible. Don't just stick to one formation and think it's going to work. So, at least he's got that in his shot locker. But if they don't win the league, I'll be very surprised. I don't know if it's enough to win Champions League. Messi doesn't guarantee that. Messi's being part of Barcelona and he's won, what, three? Three Champions Leagues altogether? Or was it four? Was he part of the 2016? Um, yeah, but he didn't play. Yeah. He doesn't really complete. He was there, but he doesn't really com- um, com- um, include that one. Because um, he was injured, wasn't he? You know? Because of yeah, those are games that he missed. But, yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know, obviously still there as he's wanted. But in terms of him talking on it, he really, he wants to get one more. And yeah, that's why obviously he's um he felt the need to come um to PSG. But um yeah, th- as you said, the squad is fit. They're trying to offload Kazawa, but um Wamba has been out with um. A cruciate ligament injury. He should be returning really soon mm. um, to training. So you obviously don't expect him to go back into the team straight away. But you'd think if they did go for um, a, a system to deploy wing backs, then he would be perfect for that left-sided role. Um, but that, but there's so so many options there. Even before when we were off air, I said. I was going through the situation before this, and I never, I never mentioned Wijnaldum. They've they've got so many options. They could go with wing backs, but I do worry about, regardless of how great the forward line will be, the protection in the central areas uh, when teams counter attack them. We all know that uh, Wijnaldum can do a good job in there, but he is he's not tough tackling. He's combative, but he's not tough tackling. Verratti likes a challenge. We'll see what happens with Paredes. There's going to be lots of rotation. That saying that should keep them fresh for Champions League games, but they have to make sure they win the league because nothing is um, nothing is guaranteed. But in, in regards to I, I with you guys, I'm not sure whether or not the Champions League is is rubber stamped. I think definitely at least minimum semi-finals, but I don't know. And even with Messi, that's that's crazy to say that. But I just have to see them. Come back to me in a few months to see the balance that they have, whether or not um, that can happen or not. Um, in regards to Liga, <laughs> Lille, the champions, after after winning the, the French Super Cup against PSG the other day, Lille, the champions on the weekend, well, they got in their first game, they drew 3 3 against 10 um, man Mets with a late goal from Burt Yilmaz. And then it, and lucky to get a point there. And then at home, they were spanked 4-0 on Saturday by Nice. Um, the game that actually stopped me from winning my last little <laughs> 8-fold accumulator that would have returned £330. Um, it beat 4-0, which included a Casper Dolberg brace for Nice, picking up where he left off 
um, from the Euros with Denmark, Lille, of course, be <laughs> um, uh, their old manager is in charge of Nice now. What's going on with Lille? Is this a championship hangover? Um, but even in spite of the Super Cup, which is a championship hangover, what's going on here? Um, Renato Sanchez obviously hasn't started a game for them this season. Um, there was no Jonathan David um, in, in that 4-0 win. Sorry, that 4 deal defeat, rather. Yulmaz and Tim Weir were up front. Is it just a case where they get their players back, they will be fine? Or is it a case where they've won the title, one's got already, more may go before the window, and the wheels are going to come off? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, coach, sorry. Come on, coach. What, what was the score? 4-0? 4-0, yeah, 4-0. Uh, and we're, we're talking about one two-man comeback. Uh, like, 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 like. <laughs> Listen, look. For me, this is what I, this is what I say, and this might sound very disrespectful, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. In Dragon Ball Z, Yaji Robu, who is probably one of the most irrelevant characters of all time, managed to weaken Vegeta. That's what happens in life sometimes. Sometimes you have your moment, and you did things fantastic last season. They were fantastic. I'm not trying to disrespect what they did last year. What they did last year was incredible last season, especially Yomas uh, in his sort of the twilight of his career. Yeah. And scoring such an amazing amount of goals to get Lille to win the league. They dominated PSG. They dominated PSG in the cup. So yeah. then it's, it's not to disrespect them. But eventually, there is always a fall-off point. And unfortunately for them, they don't have the resources to compete with PSG. That's just when that's the be all and end all. What PSG have done in this window has got Lille in big trouble. This result might be a one-off. Nice are a good side. I think when they had Patrick Vieira, the expectation was to get top four. They sacked him because he wasn't looking near that. They got close to it. They still didn't finish there. But they are a good side. So losing 4-0 to them is no shame. But Lille have never been a team in general anyway where you can look at them and say they have certainties to win any game, especially in that league. So It's expectancy though, isn't it, coach? It's the second season now where they've won the league and all the eyes are on them. So the the pressure is different now. While last season they were under the radar, winning games, everyone thought PSG eventually would win it and they were just ticking away, ticking away, winning, winning, winning. And then at the end they did really well because they came back from, um, they were in trouble against Lyon last season and they turned it around in 1-3-2 and that kind of, that was a catalyst for them to win the league. Yeah, that oh, last minute, that that last minute goal by um, right. y- Yilmaz, isn't it? When Yilmaz, he dig- when he dinked it over the keeper, that was That's brilliant. Right. So that was that was the step stone, step stone for them to go and win the league. Now this year, they've started off by winning the Super Cup. So the expectancy people want to beat Leo now because they're all right. PSG, of course, are the team to beat, but Leo are the champions. Right. So. So you're looking at them differently now. You're thinking, oh, the champions are coming around. You know, so, like I said, the expectancy, the pressure, they have to deal with that. Whilst last season, they didn't have to until the end when they went to win the league. So, that for me, that's the difference this season. Yeah, I hear that 100%. Yeah. David came on at half-time for a corner, but it just made... It just made it made no difference. It's not even the fact that they lost; it's the fact that it was so emphatic. But mm. looking at Nice this season, obviously, as we said, Lille's old coach um, Christophe Galtier is in charge of them now. They do have a decent team. Walter Benitez, the Argentinian keeper, in goal, he's decent. Yusuf Atal is a good fullback. Um, 
Todibo, who I believe is on loan at Barca in defence with um, Dante. They've got Justin Cliver um, on loan from Roma, who was, of course, on loan at um, Leipzig last season. Leipzig last season. Um, they've brought in Mario Lamine. I think that was f- like about five million or something like that. Yeah. Just under from Southampton. And, and, and I mean, Glory up top with Dolbo, they got some decent players. I think that they could... I think they they got some good players. I think that they're going to um, be okay to see some. Obviously, Calvin Stengs, who they got from Arsenal Alkmaar, still to come in, a player that I'm a fan of. And Schneiderlin, um, their central midfield, coming to be um, competitive when he's back from his knee injury. So I'm not looking. I'm going to be keeping tabs on them. I think that they might um, uh, be able to get into Europe. And um, who knows? There could be more. Um, if they can get a really good start under their belt to um, give them breathing space to have a drop-off. But we'll see. We'll see. But um, we'll definitely we'll be keeping tabs on Lil. That that Col- result was really Col- shocking. has got that experience as well, hasn't he? Exactly. He's been around the block. He's a good manager. I do rate him. I think he's quite good. He's quite a strong manager as well. So, um, yeah, yeah Nice ne- would do well this season, I think. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Right, so um, we'll shift... Um, from Liga to the Liga, but of course, obviously, we'll start because a bit of enjambon, as they say, um, yeah. um, in the Liga with um, Barcelona, who also had a 4 2 win over, um, at home, and they also, like PSG, went 3 0 up. <laughs> Sociedad um, pulled it back to 3 yep. 2, and then they won 4 2 with a late goal from. It was Jordi Alba, was it? No, sorry, Sergio Roberto. Sergio Roberto. Um, got the um, fourth goal um, for, for them to win it in the end. But what, what can we expect from Barca um, this season? Yeah, a lot of fans didn't turn up, obviously. It's yeah. like a protest, basically, in regards to um, Messi leaving. Um, but so, so your dad looked decent with um, 3-0. Lobete got a goal in his debut and a yards about their captain. Scored outstanding free kick, um, top bins. Um, are Barcelona going to struggle to make the top three this season without Messi? Yeah? No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, th- I think they'll be there, thereabouts. I mean, if you if, if you look at the top boys, you look at Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I, I don't think they're great either. To be honest, you know that. Interesting. I'm, 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 uh, it might not always be outrageously entertaining, though. They played some very good attacking football, especially in the first part of the season last season. But I'm, I'm a big Diego um, Atleti. Yeah, I'm a big um, Simeone fan, and I think that they've got some really good players, and they've made the squad thicker with um, getting the pool in um, because he didn't start in their two-one win on the weekend. Um, I think that against Celta Vigo, I um, I think Atleti are a really good team. Think, anyway, you continue. You continue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they're, they're not a bad side, of course. And because of Simeone and the way that he sets it up, Atletico are always hard to beat. You have to really earn the right to beat Atletico Madrid. That's in Spain, especially. That's that's how they drilled and that's how they've won titles. I mean, to be honest with you, Dan, my tip to win the title will be Atletico again. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go for them just for the fact that Ancelotti's gone back to Real Madrid. Regardless that he's been there before, he's going to need a little bit of time to try to get his ideas across. 
um, and get what he wants into that team. Now, if he gets a tune out of them players, then, yeah, Real Madrid are going to be a force again. Barcelona, I think, in games where Messi would win you a game on his own, they're not going to have that this season. So, they'll drop points here and there that, Ultimately, for me, they won't win the league. Whilst Atletico, I kind of got the same, you know, you know, the same squad. They've improved with with the port, as you said. So, yeah. um, and they've got the the know how of winning the league under Simeone also. So, yeah, they're going to be my tip. But you you can't write off Barcelona. I mean, it's still Barcelona, re- regardless with Messi or not. But I just think in them crucial kind of games or crucial moments where. Messi will beat a couple of players, put it top corner or free kick in the last minute. They're not going to have that. And, you know, and they've relied on Messi for so long in so many years yeah. that they're going to have to adapt to a different kind of game and style now to, to get results in a different way. So, yeah, Atletico for me um, are my tip um, this season. Right, Coach, you were obviously um, tuned in um, for Barca's win as well. We saw last season that they came, they were in the race until late-ish, um, but then it became a thing of Atleti and um, Real in the last couple couple of games of the season, And but they got third with Messi there. So, Sevilla looked good in their 3-0 win over Valacano. Eric Lamella came off of the bench to bag twice on his debut. Um They've obviously added Papu Gomez from Atalanta in January. Can Sevilla, is it set up for Sevilla to come over Barca or do you agree with Jan that Barca is still Barca and they'll get through without Messi? Yeah, the, the team's still good, man. The team's still very good. Um, I understand, I think we all understand what Messi meant to that team. When Messi comes into the squad, it's, and it's, it's just a... Uh, it's a different level, isn't it? But they still, I mean, look at the way they played in that game. Even though, yes, they did concede two, the one of the goals was a flipping wonder strike, radio. But other than that, they were comfortable, man. When they went, went to 3 2, they dealt with what they had to do. Um, Brave Freight whipping the ball in, Sergio Roberto game over. It's, it's still a very good team. It's still a very capable team. I don't think they're going to win the league, but they're definitely going to finish in that top three for me. I think that top three doesn't change. Um, yeah, I think it's a good sign. I don't think there's anything for them to worry about too much just yet. The issue with La Liga and the problem with a lot of football is because of the impact that Messi and Ronaldo had, all these clubs mm-hmm. and particularly La Liga, when they have a superstar, the focus is on that superstar alone to keep the league going. Yeah. Messi is their only attraction. Barca have, R, have had R9. They've had Rivaldo. They've had Ronaldinho. Yeah. They've had Maradona. They, yeah. They've had brilliant players at the club. The club is still there. That's an issue with football now that, that annoys me. You're, you can't base everything around the club, around one person, no matter how incredible they are. Messi is pheno- he's ph- he's a phenomenon. And social media, social media is the same as you're talking about in regards to this dependency exactly. on, 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 on the individuals. You know? but, when, but my question, to, my question was, all right, cool. They're having a, they're having a meltdown over him going to uh, leaving the club by force. What happens when he retires? If he had not moved, when he retires, your club still has to go. Your fans still have to be have to attend. Your players still have to turn up and play football games like Lionel Messi. 
this is just a part of the process, but this is the problem with football and, as you said, social media right now. Because they've put it around one man, when Ronaldo left, there's already a panic, but Messi yeah. was still there. Now, Messi's gone this, oh, what can I leave it to? Uh, Simeone in press conferences about what does it mean for La Liga now that Messi's gone? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. La Liga's been there well before Messi was born and it will be there well after Messi's left Barcelona. Just continue playing football and build your teams up. It makes it more competitive. It will make it better. You know, one thing La Liga needs to do now is just thinking about how they distribute money and how they advertise. If they want to compete again with your England and all that financially in the market, it's about how you advertise your league as well because the English league does it perfectly. So now it's your turn. And I think they need to change some rules as well about ownership. That might help them as well. But yeah, without Messi, with or without Messi, Barca are still going to compete for La Liga and they'll be okay. They'll be fine. I don't think it's a your official problem. Well, well, of course they are because they have Martin Brathwaite and um, <laughs> he's the best striker in the world. <laughs> no, um, I, was drink, I was drinking water. They don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was at the brace in the fourteen. <laughs> Great header for his first goal. Now, um, Jan. Yes. In regards to um, Real Madrid, they yep. convincingly won at Alaves. Yes. Um, four one on um, Saturday. And uh, Benzema was at the double. Nacho scored a goal from a great pass by Modric when Alaves was sleeping at the back and then Vinicius <laughs> came in and got the fourth after um, Yossini, former Newcastle man, and scored a penalty. But do Real Madrid need to buy after losing Ramos and then obviously Varane's gone to human coaches team United? Or can Nacho, who though he's naturally a centre-half, has literally played his whole career at... Um, Real Madrid as a fullback, and um, mm. when when there's not been injuries anyway, he's a fullback. He's actually played fullback and centre half, um, obviously for Spain yeah. for Spain as well. Do they need to buy in um, central defence or are well Alaba's coming, hasn't he? So he's going to slot in there. Yeah, because Alaba could be. He played left back in the Alaves game, but as you, uh, you uh, we all know that he can play centre half as yeah. well. Um, are they fine to get through with Alaba, Nacho, and? Militao's their leading centre-halves or do they need to purchase? I think they need to purchase personally but it's again it's another strange one is it is it again because of the economical side in Spain that they've managed to lose Varane and Ramos and not replace is it the fact that the money's not there now because I mean what, Varane's what 27-28 he's just gone to United he's probably at the peak of his years yeah for me for me I'm not just biased because I'm a United fan for me Varane is world class there he is. He's, I don't think he's been very good in the last at least year and a half. Yeah, Might even be more. But he's a world, but he's a world class. But he's a world class centre half. When you really look at what he's, um, how good he's been from such a young age, there was bound to be a drop off because of if course. you peak, if you peak early, yeah. then there's going to be a drop off. Some centre halves coming to their own at 27, 28. That's at the age he's at now. And I just think with a new challenge, he will get back to that level at United, which. It's unfortunate because I don't like them, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think he'll um, improve. But yeah, but but then I say that, yeah, and I ask you, um, yeah. um, can do they have to buy? But at the same time, there's not as many great centre halves in world football as there was back in the day. A lot of people play a centre half now that used to be central midfielders, yeah. or sometimes they're even shifting fullbacks there. So it seems yeah. that they, they should buy, but maybe as you say, they should just go with what they've. 
So, um, so she's saying they should buy, but alternatively, maybe they might need to just go with what they've got to improve them, and then maybe you can get a world class centre half out of um, Militao, for instance, and we might see that show at his zenith, playing his natural position consistently. If they do continue to play Alibert left back, but then again, obviously, Ferland Mendy there as well, Marcelo. So, unlikely, more than likely, it will be. Alaba shifting back. Yeah, right? I think so. I think Alaba yeah. will shift back into centre half, probably played with Militao. That to me is still not a partnership that kind of like you would fear, in my opinion. I mean, I'm a massive fan of Alaba anyway. I think yeah. on the ball, he's probably one of the best kind of distributors of the ball, um, Alaba. But I don't know, there's something there that it, it doesn't look solid. I mean, if you, when you have Ramos and Varane there, you know, Varane's quick, he's, he's tall. Ramos is, is kind of, you know, he's, he's hard, he's old school, he'll do the, the ugly stuff. I don't see that from Militao and, and Alaba. I think you can get at them quite easily. And, and we cover how maybe at right back and, uh, and one of the two boys that you said at left back, even if it's Marcelo, that's not the greatest defence, is it, to be fair? Or even no. Nacho at fullback. It's, it's not... It's not what you associate, a, a, you know, a Real Madrid side, a top Real Madrid side with a, with a defence like that. And yeah. with an ageing midfield as well, let's, let's be fair, you know, with, um, with Cruz, with Modric, um, I mean, Casemiro's top anyway, but I, I don't know, I think, I think Real Madrid need a little bit of, 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 um, of reinforcement in a lot of areas, in my opinion. I mean, Benzema yeah. is always going to score goals. Courtois just signed a five-year deal, which is, which is good for the club. Yeah. They need to get Hazard firing because that geezer, I don't know what's happened to him, but, you know, it's like if he comes back kind of fresh and uh, like a new player, it's like Madrid signing a new player, which would be a bonus to them. But again, going back to your question about reinforcement, for me personally, I, th- I think they should. It, it just, for me, it doesn't make sense to, to sell Varane, get rid of Ramos, all right? They've got Alaba in, which, again, we kind of think he's going to play centre-half. But there's something missing there in the heart of the defence for me, and that could be their downfall um, come come at the end of the season, where experience and know-how, maybe how to grind them and win results uh, and win games. I think I think that might come back to um, to bite them. There you go. So, c- coach, uh, d- yeah. Real should have more money coming in, as it looks like. Um, David Ornstein reported a few hours ago that it. Getting, it's not agreed yet, 100%, but there, there's been major steps made in Martin Odegaard yeah. um, finally um, um, getting to Arsenal. And apparently that was why Arsenal sold Joe Willock to raise funds in regards to that with the money that they spent, obviously, on Ben White. But do you, and the same question to you with Jan before we go, um, before we leave the league alone, do they need... Do, do they need to reinforce you agree with you or can they get by because a lot depends doesn't it coach on uh, the growth of, two, two things in regards to this the growth of the likes of Rodrigo and Vinicius because they're both um, players good technically and they've got pay, express pace which helps in regards to when Madrid play on the um, counter attack Rodrigo I think is a bit more polished and comfortable in front of goal than Vinicius is, as direct as Vinicius is. So, 
how far do you see them uh, their progressive uh, progression this season going and also as well until they are ready to start consistently consistently rather Hazard, Bell, Benzema we all know Ancelotti's a huge Bell fan from when he was a Madrid manager the first time do you see longevity in that front three or do one of those two young Brazilians I've mentioned have to be plugged in um, as soon as possible this season they they need to be plugged in as soon as possible this season. Um, Hazard and Bale don't have longevity because they're consistently injured. Mm-hmm. Um, Benzema is the only one you can rely upon. And yes, Benzema continue to do his thing. That guy's quality. He they're all quality, but the two of them you cannot rely upon to stay fit for our season. I think everyone would be genuinely surprised if Gareth Bale managed to stay fit for at least eighty percent of the season. And for Eden Hazard, I'd be surprised if he can last 70% of the season. He's, his injury issues are poor. Vinicius Jr. is starting to mature. Slowly, he's getting there. You can see it now. He's becoming a bit more clinical in front of goal. His decision-making in terms of when he dribbles, in terms of like taking on players and trying to be um, providing a bit of trickery, is becoming a little bit better. Rodrigo is the one that's struggling to fit in. And I don't... I don't understand why, because within, within Rodrigo, you've got someone that can play left wing, right wing as a striker. Yep. You, you've got someone there, and this is not someone that is like, um, who, who should I use as an example? It, it, it's not like Martial, where you're not sure where his best position is because he plays two positions and you don't know what he's going to do. You've got someone that, when he plays on the right, when he plays on the left, when he plays in the middle for Madrid, he has provided good performances. So if they're very serious about moving forward, me personally... Let Bell let his contract run out this season, get him gone. Eden Hazard, give him this year. If he doesn't stay fit, get him gone. Luka Jovic is obviously a, not someone I think they're interested in keeping, to be honest. Get him gone as well. You, you read, you read, you, Coach, you read my mind. I was just going to ask you. <laughs> it's just going to ask you. It's like a, uh, you can see my bullet points. I was just going to actually ask you. <laughs> Is Luka Jovic going to get used this season? Because obviously, given Ben Zima's age, will he get a few more games before Champions League games? But it looks like you've just answered my question. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right, right. There. If, no, if, you're gonna, if you want me to answer that question, he will either be used on top of the rate or in the 80th minute uh, um, when the <laughs> uh, that's That's how I see his role. Um, who's the other one? Mariano Diaz. He was doing so well in France, in, in France man. Get him, let him go back. You're wasting his time. <laughs> you know, um, Asensio. I like Asensio, but he's injury prone as well. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's had, a baller. He's a baller. Yeah, but I think, what is it, two two major injuries now? Or is it one? I can't remember how many he's had now. Um, so, yeah, look, I think they need to invest in that. In that well, not invest. Invest in the youngsters, not financially. Invest in the Brazilians. Let them get some game time. Let these older guys go and then really think about who you approach next in the market. Me, personally speaking, I think Senate Odegaard is dumb. I think it's very dumb. Mm-hmm. But they've really made a decision towards that. And I think they have to also take blame on that because he wants to go knowing that at his young age, when he first joined Real Madrid, all of our fears were they weren't going to use him. That's been proven right. Um, so I think... He, they're very dumb for selling him. But yeah, invest in those youngsters. Look for someone to replace Benzema. Hopefully not Mbappe or um, Haaland. If you want to get flipping another Braithwaite, go and get another Braithwaite. Uh, <laughs> and, more, and more importantly, buy centre-backs quickly because Militao 
I had faith in him, but listen, that that's not someone you want to take to the war with you, man. He he's he's a disaster class. So and who's the other one? It's just Vallejo. Jesus. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. But yeah. Invest in the youngsters, man. Invest in those Brazilian guys. They're good. They're really good. I like them. But but, but this is the thing, this isn't like back in the day. Um coach because as I, obviously I was asking Yan before do they need to reinforce reinforce um, central, uh, central defence wise but mm. there's not a plethora of centre halves out there like how it was back in the day and um, I think Romero well, they, sorry, I think Romero got rid of Varane then <laughs> well, one one year left. I don't think he. I don't think he was looking to sign a new deal with one year left on his contract. So they've actually got decent money out of United because it's only one year left on his contract. But um, yeah, but if you're going to get the money and not reinvest it, so, I mean, yeah. if, well, if there's, there's still there's still time. It's still two weeks. Yeah, right, but right now they they're the situation where they're doing for paying pocket money, isn't it? Yeah. That that's going straight to the coffers today. You know what? 35 million right now, yeah, that, that tastes good, man. So, if you want to buy someone, here's 2 million. Maybe get someone on a loan deal. Yeah, but that's what I mean, coach. They haven't got the strength and depth at the back. If they get a couple of injuries at centre half, they're buggered. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, the depth, the depth is not. The, there's no depth there. That's what I'm yeah, saying. They've yeah, lost two centre halves and not. Rep- well, all right, Alibi, yeah. But then they've sold two to get in one, and still the strength is not there. So if they get suspensions, if they get injuries, they're going to start playing like Casemiro at centre-back. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Casemiro ended up being centre-back. We even saw in the full-back positions with the uh, the problems that cover how, for instance, has had with fitness. We've seen Valverde playing right-back. I like <laughs> uh, bro. He's a quality player. Is, um, is, with that right-back situation, is mm. Odrazola injured? He's there at the moment. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Look, I don't. I just... <laughs> Guys, they even play Lucas Vasquez at right back. So yeah, he, played, he played there on the weekend. Lucas Vasquez, Vasquez he gets his head down. He works. He's liked by the... All Jadola was on the bench on Saturday, right Saturday, Saturday, by the way. So yeah, they're wasting, they're wasting his time also. Um, yeah. So that so, so that Lucas Vasquez at um, fullback a lot as well. And this is what yeah. we're saying. Moving, it's, it's a problem that my team, Liverpool, have had at stages. They're putting guys in positions. They're just plugging position so but bro, but bro. All right, cool that the thing for you at Liverpool was okay yes you we when you won the league I think a lot of outside fans were saying that you should have re- and I think some local fans as well were obviously saying that you should have reinvested in areas and all that just maybe backups you know you say Andy Simicas for example were left back so that's fine if Trent um not Trent if I um Andrew Robertson's injured which he is now then you got someone there that's a natural left back to go there you're not looking at James Milner anymore yeah. right but they've got Audra Zola sitting on... It's like when Arsenal against flipping Brentford, you put Callum Chambers there. At right back. <laughs> you take him off, you you put left-back Nuno Tavares there when you've got Cedric on the bench, you've got Bellerin on the bench, you've got Maitland-Niles on the bench. But you put in Nuno Tavares on his debut in a position he's unfamiliar with. And hold and hold has an hold inside a handful of games at right back for Arsenal as well, hasn't he? Exactly. And he, was, and he was on the bench. Putting Nuno Tavares there. Chambers. So I don't have sympathy for Real Madrid in that regard because mm. you can also see them if Marcelo gets injured, mm. you see you'll see Federico Valverde there. You're thinking, so what's Ferland Mendy there for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't 
don't have any sympathy for clubs like that. They they deserve what they get. So, it's like Fabian Delph at City when he used to play left back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nazanchenko's yeah. there. He's a natural midfielder. Yeah, there. And we all saw in the Euros when using his natural midfield position how good Zinchenko is. He's a he's a baller. Zinchenko's yeah. a good player. He's, he, a good player. Um, he's, yeah. a, he's a baller. But yeah, so we'll leave the league there because we're going to be revisiting these tactics when we know more. When more games have been unraveled, we're gonna we're gonna be coming back to. Tactic. We're going to be talking formations and tactics with the likes of PSG and Real Madrid, especially a lot in the coming weeks as we do varying leagues. But now let's shift over to um, the Bundesliga. Bayern almost had a scare against Borussia um, Mönchengladbach on Friday. They were, they went one 0 down to a lovely goal from Alessandro player um, Sula stepped out and Upamecano was left alone in the centre and player got through and a good finish. Um, but Bayern were able to get a point there. With hmm. um, Lewandowski getting um, the equaliser, we had Dortmund thumping um, Frankfurt five-two on Saturday. Haaland at the double, Royce on the score sheet there, and but the surprise result in the Bundesliga on the weekend was on Sunday. Mainz, yeah, Mainz beat. <laughs> Leipzig 1-0 with a goal from Neocarte. Um Andre Silva up top. Um, um, Leipzig's new side is starting there. <laughs> Can Leipzig come over Dortmund this season due to the factors, obviously, first, obviously, they, they've got some decent players, though they've not got Clivert again this season. We'll see when Solo gets fit how well he could do as the backup to Andre Sorfer, whether they play them together or not. And also they've brought in um, Brian Brobby um, from Ajax. Um, he was, I'm sure it was. And Huang's there as well. Subasly. What's going on with Marcel Sabitzer? And if they do lose him to Bayern Munich, because I, I know who you lot will think is going to be the league, but is this a real opportunity for Leipzig to push if they can keep him or are they resigned to just come in third if they lose um, Sabitzer? Coach. Oh, sorry, you know, my mic was muted for a second I was talking. Um, <laughs> all right, firstly, firstly, I'm, I'm going to say this. You might know how I feel about Dortmund, right? And I know we're going to talk about them eventually anyway, so I'll try and keep my mouth shut on them as much as I can. Yeah. Um, Leipzig are a decent side. But they're another club that I don't have a lot of faith in. I'll explain why. I'm not expecting them to play at the level of Bayern Munich. They don't have the players. They don't have the resources for that. Bayern Munich can just do what they want to do. So a bit sore or not, this is how I see Leipzig's season going. I think they're going to play again a very attractive to a lot of people brand of football. Me, personally, I care about winning football. I don't care about how good the football looks. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll get results like... The Mines result. Look, the goal they conceded against Mines was a damn disgrace. If I'm just going to keep it real, it's a damn disgrace. And trust me, we're going to talk about um, Dortmund's game as well. And I'm going to talk about how, how disgraceful the defending was in that as well. You might know how I feel about Bundesliga. The only reason I even watch Bundesliga is because of this beautiful podcast. If it wasn't for that, I'd cast, I'd cast that league. Oh, wow. 
Oh no, it's facts. This podcast, and I love this podcast. I'll, I'll sit down and watch it, and I'll I'll try my best to enjoy it. But that league depresses me when it comes to defending. You know how I am. I'm like a bloody. I'm like Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Mourinho. You, know, you let him more than fifty goals this season. You, oh, you must be sick. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, no, look, they 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 have a good team. Regardless, I'm not gonna. Trust them too much. They do have a good team, but I see I see them finishing fourth or fifth. Hey, Leipzig. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. The reason why um yeah, then I'll come to you with this before I let you go in on <laughs> Dortmund um, in regards to the Super Cup that's just finished just before uh we went on air. Um the reason why I, I was asking is because Jesse Marsh is the um, Leipzig um, coach now, and he was at Salzburg, and um, good American. He's a good motivational talk I've seen from him in the past, and people speak really highly of him. And I'm just thinking, though, obviously, I'm I'm a fan of Nagelsmann anyway, that he might be able to get maybe something different out of them in certain games. Yeah, potentially, but no one's going to overhaul Bayern Munich. So, It's not irrelevant, but listen, we were, we were talking about this before the show started, right? When when you're Leipzig and you're letting your manager and your best centre-half go to your rivals, what do you expect? You're not going to win the league, are you? It's not going to happen. It's the same with Dortmund over the years. The minute that they try and stop sending their best players to their biggest rival, then they might have a chance. They might have a chance. Now, they probably do it because they need the money or whatever else. And Bayern Munich is a, is a bigger club, of course, so the attraction is there. But this is something, in a way, I'm glad it doesn't really happen in England. Where, all right, it might happen with Kane now with City, but the money's going to be stupid, stupid money to attract him. But in Germany, this happens a lot. Even in Italy, they go from team to team like it's nothing. Mm. So then... What do you expect then if you're if you're letting your best players leave to go to a team that's already strong, you're making them stronger, you're not going to complete. You're going to finish second, third, fourth, whatever it might be. So, if, if you're going to ask me who's going to win the league, it's going to be Bayern Munich again. Oh, no, no, no. I, don't, yeah, yeah, that, I, I wasn't even including that. I, we're mm. all going to go for Bayern when we do our, um, our uh, league predictions um, shortly. We're gonna, yeah. That's why I was just talking in regards to second place. I was thinking, could Leipzig, could Leipzig do it? Though, obviously, yeah, as, yeah, as, potentially. I mean, yeah. As we know in Germany, it's going to be, you know, whoever finishes second in that league wins the league. So it's going to be between them um, what's your black back? Dortmund. Okay. I don't see Leverkusen being that good this season. I don't see Frankfurt being that good this season. Um, Hoffenheim, all the uh, yeah, it's gonna, yeah, for me, what's your black back? Dortmund mm. and Leipzig for kind of second, third, fourth. In regards to them at the centre back position, obviously you you just uh, on we've just said obviously going to Bayern. Yeah, um, we uh, Liverpool got Canate. Yep. So Mukaeli is the only French. Uh, so what, what I'm saying is still there in regards to their French defenders, and also they've got um, Simakan as well. Willy Orban's still there, the Hungarian. So if anything, I think they've got enough goals in them. It it might be centrally. It might be in the central defensive area. 
if they can't do a job, they've got Garvido, Garvido rather, the um, Croatian, who can play left-back or centre-half. Um, so we'll see how well their new signings can do. Um, I hope for the league, they, <laughs> one, one of these seems to keep it close to Bayern. But the reason why I was asking you first in regards to Leipzig mm. is because, <laughs> coach, ah, you had, I don't know, because obviously you were just recording three midfield, so I don't know whether or not before we started, you were able to see all of the goals. But um, Dortmund have done it again. Um, yeah. German German Super Cups just finished. It finished by an, three, and Dortmund won by and three. An outstanding first half of end-to-end football, but then Lewandowski, to me, showed, though I feel Kane and Benzema all run better players, Lewandowski showed why he has been for quite a few years the best striker in the out-and-out right striker in the world. Um, Great movement and head-off after great work by Janabri on the um, uh, the right-hand side for Bayern. Toe's only one game. It's just, just showed again that they could go toe-to-toe with Bayern for like maybe an hour or so. But then they just make... Cause look, 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 as good as the first goal to Lewandowski, the second goal could have been presented that Thomas Willis scored. And then even the third goal could have been prevented as well. It's, it's just one game. It's just to set the blueprint that when it comes to the crunch, the clutch moments, they're just going to lose or draw and Bayern are just going to run away with this. What, what does Dortmund have to do? It seems like in terms of Bundesliga, that we just say the same things every season that we do this. You know how we call some players flat track bullies when they score against small teams and then they do nothing against anyone like the, the bigger boys, right? Mm. With Dortmund, this is how the story is. They won, what, 5-2 on the weekend? They were feeling great. Yep. Cheering. All that stuff. Oh, yeah. Haaland! Marco Rice! Yay! Um, <laughs> and if you notice the defending from their opponents, I'm going to call them their opponents. I know who they beat, but I'm just going to call them opponents mm-hmm. right now. I have no respect for anyone right now. Ouch! Ouch! Right? If we, bro, at 1-1, in the 32nd minute of the game, they had a three-on-one moment. That in itself baffles me. And people praise Dortmund for that. And they call Giovanni Reina scored it. Yay, come on. In this game, you know, I saw, and bro, trust me, I made sure I saw that game. That game was in the background whilst I was doing three midfield. Trust me, I made sure I watched that game, right? This is vintage. Vintage Dortmund. This is why me and Stel called them fraudmen. Because <laughs> we go through this cycle every single time. Every time there's a glimmer of hope, we slap them back down again. They're like the, the Dolph Ziggler of football. Ah, uh, taking it there again. He's taking it there again. I've taken it there. They got their one. He, he got his world title. He's a two-time world champion. They won the two league titles with Jurgen Klopp. And then after that, it was, well, let's let's return back to form. This is what we're doing. This is this is what it comes down to. Look, Bayern Munich did what they had to do to them because quite frankly and quite simply, Bayern Munich owned them. We we spoke about the players and that they've taken from them in recent time. Mm-hmm. That's dominance. The way they play, dominance. They play winning football. Bayern Munich are not obsessed with looking pretty. Bayern Munich are not obsessed with having what the Twitter community will call hipster footballers. They are obsessed with winning 
and they do whatever by any means necessary to win. Even the goals they scored were they were all efficient. Muller, Lewandowski with the two goals. That yes, the third goal was easily avoidable from Dortmund's side. That's their fault. But this is the same old cycle. This is why I don't I don't ever invest time of any well energy I should say rather into Dortmund because this is what happens. This is a recurring cycle. It's going to keep happening. It doesn't matter which manager it is. It doesn't matter, uh, matter which new striker they sign or which becomes flavour of the month. Marco Reyes became flavour of the month and then he found injuries. Mkhitaryan became flavour of the month and then he found United and did whatever he did there. Aubameyang yeah. became flavour of the month, went to Arsenal, £50 million as in such Champions League. Now, Haaland, I actually have a lot more faith in Haaland. I'm not going to this Haaland, but... I have a lot more faith in Haaland to do stuff. I think Haaland will be fine when he goes to another league eventually and to another team. Or maybe, if he has sense, he goes to Dortmund. I mean, he goes to, he goes to Bayern Munich. Sorry, me personally. I, I, I would love to see that happen again. I'm just wow. being... Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw Salah Hamidic's comments the other day. We, we all know how this story goes. We've been there time and time. time and <laughs> Yan, Yan could write a book on it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I could, yeah. We've been here time and time again. It's just, you, you handle the league with ease anyway, then you're going to go get this. Uh, yep, absolutely. Absolutely do it. But it's what coach says, it's dominance, isn't it? It's levels, man. Then I understand what you guys are saying. You're absolutely right. The way they the, the league is and how they can do essentially whatever they want, even though they don't abuse their power like that. They could really and truly, really abuse their power by Munich and go completely clear forever. Yeah. But, they don't do that, but what they do is they're very smart. Dortmund do transfer business sometimes like the Arsenal of old, slash the Arsenal of now. They'll find great young talents like the Arsenal of old would, but they'll lose them like the Arsenal currently would. Yeah. And that's their mistake. They don't they don't have great business savvy about them. They only make money when the English team comes in because no, they know England has money to fund to buy yeah. these players. Yeah. But anyone else, if when they come for them, they know they're in trouble. Haaland knows that Bayern Munich are looking for him. He knows for a fact that he can think about letting his contract run down and being the next Lewandowski. Yep. He could. So, you know, me personally, I just think, I don't know how they can break the cycle. I'm not here to make suggestions or anything like that because it's a, it's a very different business dealing with Bayern Munich in that league. But it's been done before because they won it two years in a row, didn't they? So. Yeah. A club and then, then got to the Champions League final and lost to Bayern the following season. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I think they need to think about ways to get past Dortmund and ways they to get past Bayern Munich, sorry, and ways they invest in players because I feel like they just buy players knowing that it's in the two or three years they'll sell them. I think under Jurgen Klopp the mentality was different. He brought in players to make sure they could win things. Yeah, and that, so, that's but this this is the thing though, and obviously we've we've addressed this before, but just quickly before we go to Serie and I get your predictions when we wrap things up. Look, can we blame them? As, obviously, as Coach said, they can have maybe some savvy and get the scouts maybe to go to different areas um, in regards to recruitment. Though obviously they have bought so well, but look, the team that finishes. Top in the Bundesliga, which for the last how many years has been Bayern Munich, get less money than the team who win, sorry, the team who come bottom of the Premier League, right? With COVID as well, so you've had no fans, I mean, you all know the dependency that German teams have on the funds they get from um, attendance 
because obviously they sell don't they sell their prices are really really good on tickets and therefore they that's why they always get full stadiums yeah. so with the money that they've taken the hit how much can we blame them because it was hard enough for them before anyway but then with covid coming yeah they just have to make way i'm so, I'm so uh, make way get by rather so they've ended up selling sancho though he's still very young probably at least 20 million pounds maybe even 30 million pounds cheaper than he wanted than they wanted to yeah. what what can what can they do unless Bayern get hit with injuries like say liverpool had last mm-hmm. season that's what they have to hope for isn't it there's not too much else really that they can do apart from obviously when we have to blame them for the clutch moments as we're saying when we know Bayern have dropped points or lost and then Dortmund will like look look, look at last season we were getting excited about what they could do and they went and got thumped at home by Stuttgart <laughs> I think it was yeah. 5-1 in the end or something like that I mean what can they do they're fighting and losing battles it's damage limitations it's a damage limitations exercise isn't it? it it is now and and in some way you'll have to have sympathy for these clubs because of COVID and, and the amount of money all these clubs have lost yeah, then yeah if they need to sell a player of course to kind of balance the books I get that but they've been doing it for a number of years when COVID um, wasn't around so that's why I don't have sympathy for these clubs I don't have sympathy for what coach said like Arsenal where you're making Adibayo you're making Nazari you're making Kolotsure and you're just selling them to City and then City are above you in the league every year. What would you expect? What do you expect? You, it, you know, if you want to progress at a club, you have to have ambition from the top. So if you're going to buy, if you're going to buy players, right, and you know that these players are, are quite good, then next year you've got to strengthen that squad, that team, to get even better. You don't sell them. Yeah. It's not like Dortmund are a small club anyway. They're a big club. Yeah, but but they get kind of, I wouldn't say bullied, but if Bayern Munich come and say here's eighty million for Erling Haaland, Dortmund would go, thank you. I think I think bullied is the word. Unfortunately, we don't like to use. I think it is Haaland. I think in the clause in his contract, I think next year he can go for seventy five million or something like that. So the world, so the move fans back in stadiums, the world and his mother are going to try to. You're going to get Juve. I don't know whether or not Inter will be back in a better place financially in twelve months, but you're going to get Juve. Personally, Dan, I think Erling Haaland will be Man United's next target. Well, to be perfectly honest, because this has been Solskjaer's basically his mentor um, at Mulder, I have no idea why he couldn't lure him already. <laughs> it goes to show the lack of pulling power that um, <laughs> that, that Ole, uh, Ole has there. What's that? But, what? Because he couldn't attract him? Would you say because he couldn't attract him earlier. I think he should have oh, been oh, a Man United yeah. player. I think he should have been a Man United player already, to be perfectly uh, honest. I mean, I think United at the moment with the track, I mean, we're not it's not going to be a United show, but because we're talking about Erling Haaland, United are trying to balance the books and trying to get the transfer policy right, which they haven't done for a number of years now. So, but with Cavani staying another year, that gives, and and with the signings that United have made, that gives them an extra year to potentially get the money for Erling Haaland, which would make sense. Cavani will go next season, United will look for a striker, Haaland might be cheaper if he doesn't move, it makes sense. Do you understand what I mean? There's a tactic there, which does make sense. Now, unfortunately, with United now and a lot of clubs, you can't go and splash 100, 120, 130 million on players these days. It's just, with the, with the pandemic and everything that's happened, it's not feasible. 
you got to you you got to get the balance right. You got to shift shift players out, balance the books, and then maybe target a prime a prime player in the summer to 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 sign. That's why I genuinely believe Haaland will be United's next next summer kind of target. That's if, of course, Bayern Munich don't come in or other clubs. But if you look realistically, PSG won't get Haaland now. So that probably be out of the question. None of the Spanish clubs can afford him. It, it'll be England, won't it, to be fair? It'll be it'll be Chelsea. Uh, sorry, Chelsea got the Kakus. It won't be Chelsea. It'll probably be United or City if City don't get Harry Kane. Yeah. yeah. So Bayern Munich... Manchester United or Manchester City, realistically, the next three clubs it can really go to. All I want to say is, um, Sir Marshall bringing Haaland, that's it. Well, <laughs> you're, not, you're not laughing, but that's a put, put, give him give Pereira as well as a token. Like, he went, put, put Pereira. He went to, if, if I believed Man United Twitter over the last how many years, I would have thought he, he was going to be a world class player. Pereira, he went to Lazio on loan last season and it was a, with a view to buy it and about two months into the loan they said we're not buying this guy <laughs> you know um, so yeah but mm, God, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised I even dug that much out of context out of you guys in regards to the Bundesliga because we, it, it ends up being an ongoing narrative sadly um, so right to, in regards to television coverage Serie A is now on BT Sport. Fantastic. Because BT Sport lost the rights of the Bundesliga to Sky Sports. And the, all the, the Liga games come on Liga TV, uh, of course, in regards to catching European football. So I know some people didn't have BT Sport, so that will be easier for them to catch the Bundesliga now. But in regards to Serie A, with it being on... Um, BT. BT Sport now. Let's start with them. In regards to our league predictions of who's going to win, um, well, you can gather we've given our Bundesliga one already, basically. Yeah. Um, to um, who is going to win uh, each uh, title? So in Italy, we'll get this weekend. They kick into action. So we've got Inter at home to Genoa, which will be BT Sports' first live game at 5.30 on Saturday. That's your away to Empoli after that, and then Atalanta travel to, to Reno after that. Juventus start Max Allegri's second reign away at Udinese on Sunday. Napoli at home to Venezia and Roma are at home to Fiorentina. That should be a good game. Uh, Milan play on Monday away at Sampdoria. Coach, who are you going to win the Scudetto this season? Um, I can't lie to you. Before Lukaku left, I think I was thinking it might be um, an Inter Milan double. But when we heard this about the situation and what was going on there, they've lost Hakimi, they've lost Lukaku. I just because of the Allegri coming back, I, I think it might be Venice again. So I'm going to say them again. I think that's it is quite the easy, quite the easy name to say. But apart from, I mean, Inter Milan still a threat. But apart from them and AC, who I think are going to do well this year, but I think they have another situation where they kind of fall off a little bit. I don't have faith in the other teams, and I feel like um, Juventus will have a much better season than they did this year. That being said, 
I hope they don't. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. I hope they don't. I know anyone else is that like. Well, you know Ronaldo. I, I, quite frankly, at this point, let's let's kill all of that. I don't care about Ronaldo and Messi anymore. They did well in their careers. Congratulations huh. to them. But um, yeah, I, I I don't want them to win the league, but I think they're gonna have the league back again. So I want to go UV. You're gonna go UV. Yeah, I concur. Um, we'll see what Sarri can do at Lazio. We know the football. There's going to be some tidy football played for them. And I think that will really suit the likes of the Malinkovic Savages. They've got Felipe Anderson back. And um, my boy Luis Alberto is there. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure that they will have enough. Atalanta, have, I'd want to see what they do. Obviously, um, Demar are going to be there, but he's a good he's a centre-half I like. Losing Romero, obviously Papu Gomez went back in January. Atalanta will entertain and batter some teams, but I don't know if they had enough. I think if they were able to keep players, I think they would have had genuine chance this season. Um, AC have got Giroud in, and I think Giroud would do really well there. Um, I think Teo Hernandez bombing on is going to get a lot of goals for Giroud. So AC Milan possibly, but I agree, coach. I'm going to have to go the problems Inter have had financially, and some more players still may go. Even get them getting Zeko, regardless of being 35, will get goals. And Dumfries is a brilliant signing, but I don't know under Simone and Zaghi whether Inter will have enough or not. So I'd have to agree with you, coach, and go with um, Juve, unfortunately, because I hate those damn zebras. But I'm not going to go that them. Um, Jan, who are, you, who are you tipping for? Um, uh, full House. Juve. Full House, Juve, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just okay. feel they'll come back stronger, more determined. With Allegri being there, he'll yeah. um, set the foundations. I think Ronaldo um, will prove a lot of doubters wrong again. Um, Chiesa is another year. I- I'm a massive fan of Chiesa. I think Quality. he's a lovely little player. Quality. Yeah, and um, I think with another year of experience at Juve, I think um, he's going to be good. Listen, Juventus are not going to become a bad side. I mean, last year. It was inevitable, you know, someone was going to break the, the cycle. Um, and with Pirlo being inexperienced, and it just shows when you've got, you know, when you've got Arteta, when you've got Solskjaer, when you've got Pirlo, when you've got these type of managers that are not experienced, it does it does tell. Frank Lampard, you know, it takes time for, for managers to build a reputation or get it right at football clubs. So, yeah. you know, with Allegri, like I said, coming back, um, Juve for me, and 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 like Coach said, you know, the Kaka going, Ashley Young going, um, the Ericsson situation, Hakimi going, Latour or Martinez on 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 the way potentially, um, Conte not being there, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think I think it might be like another transitional time at Inter as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see Mourinho at Roma. I don't think they're ready for a title challenge yet, but Mourinho's Mourinho, Italy's kind of a, you know, renowned to be a defensive league, we've got a defensive manager so let's see what, what he's going to do, that'll be quite quite exciting, quite interesting to see but um, yeah, answer to your question, like I said um, Juventus again Yeah, Napoli are another team, possibly Luciano Spalletti in charge there now the only thing that could stop me in regards to getting back on the Inter boat in regards to the this title is if these rumours about struggling that weapon, but there were rumours floating about that Inter might be able to um, 
sneak Lorenzo Insigne from Napoli. Now, if they could keep Lotaro Martinez, Martinez, Zeko, and Insigne would absolutely batter anyone <laughs> in, in Italy. I don't, I don't, I, I don't care. So yeah, it all depends on who Inter keep. We'll address this at the back end of the window and I'll ask again because some teams might do some good business in the next two weeks. But well, yeah, at the moment, full house in Italy. But as you said, Jan, Roma. You never know if Tammy Abraham can get them, say, 18 league goals, mm. which I don't think, because that's still in the teens, I don't think that, that if he stays fit is an unrealistic demand. If they can get Tammy Abraham firing, and then you've got some good players there in um, Vera to uh, Yeah, Filazola will come back from injury. He's a great player. Um, Vera to in. Um, uh, the midfield, Pedro was okay when used last season. We'll see. Mourinho might be able to get something out of them. So I think Seminar's going to be very exciting this season because I don't think there's any clear team unless Juventus get to their room. Obviously, they have one of the greatest players to ever play the game with Cristiano. And then that's why I'm going with them to pull over the line. Another one I'll ask it now because we've basically answered it already. We're going full house in Germany with Bayern Munich, right? Absolutely right. Fine, you so keep that short and sweet. Now, um, Billy Field for me. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. <laughs> right, right. Um, France. Are we got all going full house PSG? Yep. Yeah. 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 That's why I asked that next. So, what should be the trickiest one out of them all? La Liga. Yeah. Atletico for me. So I'm going to go at Letty as well. Coach, what are you saying? I'm going to Real. You go, I had a feeling you did. That's why I left you two last. I had a feeling. But been my Spanish team since I've been young, but I do have an affinity with um, their rivals at Letty because of um, uh, Simeone. I think Simeone, considering what he's won, is savagely disrespected, to be honest. Whether you like the football or not, a lot of people don't like Mourinho's football, but if it works, it works. <laughs> there's more yeah. than one way to there's more than one way to win. And as I said, until they ran up against um, um, Levante in a quick in close proximity with the fixtures, Atleti were playing some really good football, but then they resorted to type and played garbage in the two legs against Chelsea in the Champions League. Um, don't get that. So I didn't get that one. But um, they're still trying to get a striker in. Obviously, with Suarez's age, and they, um, Simeone sometimes uses Correa anywhere across the front. Um, so they're still trying to get that out and out guy in. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm going to go with Atleti. So right, um, that's it for our return. Bumper edition, we've been on for quite long. <laughs> Actually, the, the future ones might be slightly shorter depending on what topics come up. So, yeah, so just to leave it with our handles, of course, make sure you follow at Shoot the Defence and check the Shoot the Defence YouTube for any of um, the live streams or the um, recorded shows as well. Still goes live with the Shoot the Defence pod with um, Rogery and Steve Eyre with um, whatever pods they have and um obviously still has the, the no chofters pod as well that um goes live on the youtube as well and me and still and we'll be getting others involved in it as well have the fpl war 
podcast now, all under the Shoot the Defence Media Network and all under that umbrella. So make sure you tune into those. Um, my app is at Double D, that's D-U-B-U-L-D-E-E. And I am part of the D&D Football Factory who go live on a Saturday morning on On Top FM, 95.5 FM. But if you're not in London, probably best to listen on the TuneIn app or the um, Simple Radio app. And our at is at ddfootyfactory underscore on Twitter. Uh, Coach Handles, please. Yeah, uh, just Freeman Field on Twitter. Uh, Freeman Field and audio, audio places, your spout soundcast, Spotify, what are that? Freeman Field podcast on um, YouTube and also I have Freeman Field also Instagram and TikTok for anyone that even cares about that stupid app. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, handles for the people, please. Uh, I'm on Instagram now as well. I'm moving up in the world. Putting <laughs> <laughs> his full set of his full set his full head of hair on um, on Instagram for the ladies. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's Yannickis Six on Instagram, and it's uh, Yannickis uh, J on um, on Twitter. Nice one. Excellent. So that is it for the return, the long-awaited return of the European Review Show here on the Shoot the Defence Network. Thank you very much for listening, people. We are out.